Does NIL specifically hurt or help schools like Wisconsin? Plus, how did some of Wisconsin's recruits look in week one of their high school season? We're going to get into that and a lot more on today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate you tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers commit $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Um, we're just going to get started. We're going to bring our, our good friend of the show, Brian Smith, Lockdown's recruiting insider on the show. Brian, a lot I want to get into today. I don't even know if we're going to get into all this, but... I, I took some questions from people who listened to the show. I kind of wanted to throw those at you today. One of them was Emerson Mandel, offensive lineman from Minnesota, Hank Weber, defensive lineman from Tennessee. Do you see either of these players potentially um, flipping? Could Mandel be a defensive lineman for Wisconsin, for example, or could Weber be an offensive lineman? It depends on the scheme you're going to run and what your aspirations are. In today's world, and I mean, I'm not sure what Wisconsin's going to do, and honestly, I don't think anybody is just yet. Wisconsin, you would think, would emulate what the staff at Cincinnati did. They ran three-man, they ran four-man, they run eagle, which is two outside linebackers. It it got complex. They moved guys around because, much like Wisconsin, they're not signing all these five-star guys. They tried to confuse people, get guys free to get them home. If you're doing that and you're playing different schemes, yeah, you could do that, but it's not the same as lining up like uh, old-school Ohio State from you know 20 years ago they ran four guys up front backed off seven and their four beat your five or six mm-hmm. they're not going to do that you would have to get pretty techie with it because they're not athletic enough to just beat guys one-on-one consistently from the same spot i'm here you can't beat me they're not that kind of athleticism to, to throw out there but they're big dudes that have upside and it's so hard to project when you've got a kid like the kid from tennessee is an athletic kid but I don't know how far his body's going to go yet. And that's the the nature of recruiting in general. You're talking about a young man that's still physically developing. Is he going to be 300 pounds or 280? Mm-hmm. It sounds, well, they're both big. Well, 20 pounds is a big deal. It's hard to say. So if Wisconsin's going to run multi-schemes, which again, I expect them to, but we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, there could be a chance for it. But I know what they're really asking is, is there a way to cheat this system because we never get the five-star kids and still beat Georgia. And the answer is no. Uh, you At some point, you got to either beat them on the recruiting trail or you're never going to beat them on the field. Consist- I mean, you could have a one-off game or something, but you're not going to catch up with them unless you beat them on the recruiting trail for elite recruits. Well, and that, listen, that ties into a question uh, from the Discord. Badger Gator wanted to ask, if there was one spot for the Badgers, specific, uh, specifically for the Badgers, to get a five-star recruit, what would that one position be? A pure weak side edge rusher. I'm here. Screw you. There's nothing you can do about it. That changes your entire defense because every play you have to account for him. When I was a kid, there was a guy by the name of Lawrence Taylor that entered the National Football League. I was a Dallas Cowboys fan and I was scared to death of that guy. He was bat, you know what, crazy. And I mean, aside from the cocaine strapped to his belt, literally. He, he just terrorized the NFL because then they didn't have enough offensive tackles. There were athletes. And 
they just basically roped off that side of the field. You couldn't run on him. You couldn't pass on him. You couldn't do anything. Well, I mean, not everybody's Lawrence Taylor. I think he's the best player I've ever seen. That aside, when you have pure edge rushers, your corners don't have to cover as long. Corner is the second pick, and it's the harder position to recruit because most kids would rather play offense. That's a whole other discussion because they want to be on the lead in on Sports Center for the right reason, not the wrong. But at the same time, the 6'5, 245 pound guy that can go, that can stop, can break down and change direction, the rare, rare, rare skills that are like three of them a year. Yeah, if Wisconsin gets that guy, it changes everything. And like, look, we're going to really talk about one of their other kids. Ogard is a really good football player. But you can scheme a little bit at corner with different coverages. Either you can pass rush or you can't. Either you can bend or you can't. Either you're at least 6'3", six, 6'4", six, or you're not. There are certain advantages of having a pass rusher that just cannot be defined. And they have to be able to play the run to a certain degree, too. Like Lawrence Taylor did whatever. You have to have a guy on the edge. In Wisconsin, had like Watt was there. How different was their defense? I mean, he's for the Steelers. Now he's, you know, one of the top five defensive players in the NFL most years Mm -hmm. when he's healthy. It changes everything that an NFL team does. Where's he at? Because you cannot have guys constantly hitting your quarterback. It is the ultimate no. So that that is always going to be my answer. Well, and the, you mentioned it. The other position for Wisconsin would be cornerback, but we've seen in this cycle. I mean, they haven't landed a five-star guy. I don't know if they're ever going to land a five-star cornerback, but Xavier Lucas, you really like. Agar, you oh, really yeah. like. Uh, Jay Harper, we talked about. You oh, also. I, like, I like all three a lot. They've and, done a tremendous job of finding guys. So they've been able to. But you look on the defensive line, to your point, like they haven't found that one guy you would point to and say, like that guy really raises the ceiling. No disrespect to a Hank Weber, but they haven't found that guy. So to your point, it's been harder for them to get that defense alignment. I don't really get the the why beyond just math. And here's here's the deal. There are more guys that are 5'11", 170 that you can coach than there are 6'3", 280 in supply and demand. In the day of NIL, and let's just be honest, the bag man, D. Lyman have always gotten the most money. Legally or uh, not so legally. The Badgers aren't buying kids as a a rule. Down here where I'm at, somebody getting bought is dime a dozen. So that's why they don't get kids. Plus, it's Wisconsin. Not not many. There aren't many kids in Florida or Georgia or Tennessee or whatever you know where Wisconsin's at. And I'm not kidding. That's just kind of the culture we live in. But it's hard to get those kids anyway. But Wisconsin's gotten some. Here's the key for them. They need to get one guy that's from the Midwest or maybe it's, you know, a New Jersey prep school or something that's used to cold weather. And so there's no reason they can't get one of those kids. One. I mean, come on, let's get one. If you get one and he goes 12th in the draft, then things change. Then you might be able to get a kid from South Carolina, a kid from Texas or whatever, not just a good one. And it's a developer. That's like, I'm coming to play right now. Those kids are not even taking visits to the University of Wisconsin. But they do have a coaching staff that has a history on defense, and they've recruited pretty well. But the first step is getting them on campus. I'll just ask you, was there a kid that visited that you would consider a Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State kind of guy this year? They'd even uh, visit it. Yeah, I would say, so they had Benedict Duma uh, on campus. That guy's a dude. That's a That's start. Yeah. Like, here's... I think he, I want to say he's Canadian original. I can't remember, but he yeah. was at a prep school in Connecticut. Look, that's that's where you got to start. That's fine. 
but you have to get one of those kids and they have to hit. These kids follow who came, why, what they do, and where were they drafted? All of it. It's very important that Wisconsin gets one of those kids because where I live, they care about zero about the school, 100% about the NFL draft. That's interesting. And you're right. They need one of those dudes. And Uma, Uma's a dude, went to Stanford. Um, That's good luck to him going five and seven. They're, they're uh, terrible, but whatever. Get a great education. Um, let's, I want to move to um, Badger players that are committed. You mentioned uh, Agard having a really good start to his senior season. What did you see from that start for him? This is something that we knew about three years ago when I, I, I scout some underclassmen and I, I can't remember which buddy of mine it was. We were talking about it one day and he said, have you seen the kid from Philadelphia? This is three years ago. And I'm like, no, I don't really scout Philly. I live in Florida. Why? And he said, this kid's unbelievable. His tape's good. I looked at him. I'm like, oh, he's, he's dude. At the time he was about five, nine ish, but he was a freshman. The only problem with him is he didn't get a lot taller. He's listed at five ten, and that's probably generous, but he can scoot. He's very technically sound. I don't know if he's been trained by an NFL guy or what it is, but he does little things like an NFL player already. There was a play in the end zone. There's some games on ESPN this past weekend down in South Florida, and his team, St. Joe's, was playing, and he he reached across on a ball. It should have been a touchdown. Didn't grab on the backside, deflects the ball, all the little things that you would teach a National Football League guy. And this kid's first game of his senior year of high school. That's a good sign. He was going against elite competition. So he had a couple of plays like that. He showed the speed, the change of direction, and did it against elite people on a big stage. When you combine all of that, that's a player that can come in early and play. My, and I was thinking about this before the show. If I was a member of the Wisconsin defensive staff, where would I play him? And my answer to that is where do they need him? Because he's not a boundary corner. He's not big enough and strong enough to take. He's going to have to gain weight. But he can play slot or he can play to the field and, you know, they can move things around with the safety over the top that, you know, it gets all techie there, but he can run with anybody. He's not the biggest guy. I just think that his technicality is really good. And he reminds me, he's not quite as tall, but he reminds me of Benjamin Morrison that was at Notre Dame last year as a freshman All-American. He was like first in the country in picks. It was just all technique because he wasn't the strongest guy, but you didn't beat him on anything technique. Ogard, same way. If you're that technical... You can come in and not only play, but be a very, very effective player. Yeah, talk to me about this really quick, because when people hear technical, I feel like they interpret that like you would hear game manager at quarterback, right? They interpret that as almost a backhanded compliment in a way. I don't think that's how you're intending that. No, not at all. Um, Let me put it to you like this. I, I won't get into the schools or the specific players, but there are a handful of kids that didn't win starting jobs at different schools. And the reason they didn't, is not because of the physical tools. It's because they didn't learn the playbook. They were lazy. They got hurt. Coaches at the college level are the most narrow-minded, thick-headed, I'm doing it my way and you are too, or kiss my you-know-what people on planet Earth. They don't care what your ranking is once you get to campus. They're nice to them in recruiting. They're not so nice to them when they get there. My way or get out. Right down the pipe. And technical just means, did you learn the things we taught you in practice? And then did you apply them? It has zero to do with game manager. That's technical means you can do some really good things. If you're talking about a defensive player specifically, because some of the technical things require hip flexibility and the ability to run that other guys just can't do. 
That is not something Emilio struggled with. He can float. Again, he's not the tallest kid in the world, but I think he's just really athletic. Maybe he's 5'10", 5'0", whatever. But his quickness and his hand placement, his hand-eye coordination combined with his ability to take coaching, which he's shown since he was a freshman in high school, it's insane, is elite. That means he can play early. Now, it's up to the Badgers to figure out, you know, transfer portal guy, whatever. But they, there's no way that kid's not on the two deep next year. There's just no way. They don't... They're not getting the same kid that's going to Florida State, going to LSU and Southern Cal. They're not. This kid can play at any of those schools. I mean, Clemson wanted him. This just in Clemson understands corner play. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty safe. When was the last time the Badgers beat Clemson for a recruit? They got a linebacker many years ago, Spencer Lytle. Um, it, it's not it's not common. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. Like when you start getting some kids like that, you're turning the corner. One of the things that me and a few of my buddies that kind of rank kids and talk about kids and like picking like which articles we're going to write, who offered this kid is one of the most common things and when and how hard did they really go after? Or they just offer and they're like, eh, we'll go after this kid instead. If Clemson's after a kid, especially on defense, it's picky. Like it's the hardest school by far to get an offer from. They only offer like 50, 60 kids a year. Nobody else is even close to that out of the major power five. If they like a DB, I like a DB. So that's kind of how I look at it. Anyway, that's a reason that he's going to move into, I think, the 2D pretty quick. I don't know if he's going to enroll early, but I doubt it'll matter because one of the reasons you want kids to enroll early, can we coach him up? Because high school kids usually need it. He won't. If he enrolls next summer, I still think he'll make the 2D. That's great feedback. Uh, We're going to come back with a couple other interesting questions for Brian, including what is it maybe a disadvantage that the Badgers filled up on this class so early with the full season to come? We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers with Brian Smith. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show. Uh, This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And listen, sometimes in life, we're just faced with tough choices. Um, We're faced with adversity. We're faced with frustration, anxiety. And the path forward is not always clear. It's not always easy. And whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence, excitement, um, and exuberance for life. And, you know, my wife, I've talked about is a therapist, and I can see it's she deals with so many, I don't want to call them regular life issues, but you don't just need therapy when you have a major catastrophe in life. Therapy can help you in all sorts of ways. And from little things to, to big things, therapy is there to help you navigate life with empathy and with, you know, just to, to have a little more support. And that's a good thing. That's okay. You know, it's important to have that in life. Somebody that has your back and that can help you become the better version, the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown college today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash lockdown college. All right, appreciate everybody tuning in. Let's get uh, Brian back on here. Brian, I want to, this is another question I got, and I thought this was an interesting one. The Badgers have mostly filled up on their class. Now, I think there's room for one or two. Is that a good thing this early in the site? I don't want to say this early, but before the season starts, if this is a really good year, have the Badgers maybe missed an opportunity to flip some kids? It's a really unique debate. I mean, what they would say, like if any member of the Badgers staff was where I'm sitting right now, 
they would never say anything other than we did the right thing. The answer to that is really, if this is what we can get, then we're good. You pick from the options that are available, for lack of a better term. Wisconsin would like to have had some other kids, sure. But I think they know that this is a slow build. And my guess, maybe I'm wrong, Wisconsin's coaching staff is probably going to be there a while. And they're just going to incrementally grow. They're not going to try and shock the world. Like I made a a comment the other day. I run the Locked On Seminoles podcast. And I said, it's unbelievable what Norvell and his staff have done at Florida State. Because like a lot of other schools, they took a ton of transfers. But unlike them, for the most part, they're hitting. For whatever reason, their evaluations have just done very well, by, by and large. Wisconsin's not the kind of school academic and all that probably going to allow that as much to begin and be, they wanted to, they did it their own way at Cincinnati, taking a lot of kids with their own evaluations in some way. It's similar to what Norbrell did with some of the kids out of high school too, but they developed guys over long periods of time. If you looked at their depth chart, the last couple of years, they were good at Cincinnati. They had a ton of juniors, seniors, and fifth year seniors. Kind of Tom Osborne, Nebraska, 1980s, to early 90s before they really got good when they, they they hit the home run on a couple of key recruits like Tommy Frazier took them over the top. I think that's kind of the plan with what Wisconsin wants because they're going to have to win with system more at Wisconsin than just like rolling out the football like Kirby Smart does. But at the same time, they'll slowly get more and more of those kids. This year's an advantage. Like the kid they got from Alabama, the DB, Look, he can play for anybody. It's just there's so many good DBs in the South. He got a little overlooked, and he took the, the school that really wanted him. Go yeah. where you're wanted, not where you want to go. It's kind of an old saying. We, we hear it all the time in the recruiting down here. Jay Harbor decide, decided he wanted to be a Badger because they wanted him, and he's going to go get coached. So I think Wisconsin's on the right path, and it's okay what they did. If a kid decommits or something, you replace him during the year. It's not a big deal, but I trust in this coaching staff's evaluations, so I think they'll be okay. Well, it, I hate to say they'll find room for a guy they really want, but I think for the most part, if you had an opportunity to flip somebody that would that you would consider or the coaching staff would consider a vital piece, they'll find. I think the, you still find room for that piece if you can if you find the right one. I'm trying to think of the exact number, but there were a couple schools that like late May, early June. Like you have to be at 85 by like August 1st or whatever the date. I forget what the date is, but they were at like 93 and they all made it. Right. As a general rule, kids find a way to leave, even if they're not trying to. It's just, it's just reality in our society. Young men between 17 and 23 are known to make really crappy decisions. And that's how they lose scholarships. The ones that don't make it aren't on the team. So you over recruit. So by the time August 1st rolls around and fall camp gets there, you're okay. Wisconsin will be just fine. I want to take one more quick break for our friends of the show. Come back. Uh, I'm really interested in this. I don't think we're going to be able to finish this conversation in a segment, but I want to get Brian's take on NIL specifically. Does it help or hurt a school like Wisconsin? Does it help or hurt schools in the big 10? We're going to start diving into that topic. Oh, Brian, I know we could do an entire show, an entire week's worth of shows on NIL. But we're going to start diving into that topic next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook 
of the Lockdown Network, also the official sports book of the NFL. And with the season about to start right now, new customers can bet $5, get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You're not going to beat that anywhere. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, safe, secure, has everything from spreads, player props, and more. Uh, great futures on the Badgers. Listen, we've talked about some of them. Badgers going undefeated. I know Brian doesn't agree with that necessarily, but we've talked about it. Badgers in the national title game. We chopped it all up. Mordecai for the Heisman plus 1900. Go to FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Get the optimism season going. Kick up the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, let's get Brian back on. Um, so I, I saw your smile in the back room there. You're not maybe on the national title Mordecai Heisman bandwagon this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we listen. the uh, The odds reflect that, by the way, right? Certainly, if you're if you're taking ten dollars, um, the odds reflect that you're probably not getting those ten dollars back if you bet on the Badgers to win the title this year. I want to get into NIL. Speaking of money, um, specifically, I've, I've really been interested in this, and I, I know we're just going to start to scrape the surface of this topic, but there's kind of two trains of thought here that I wanted to ask you about, right? There's one that the schools with the most money, the most resources, the ones that have always been successful are just going to leverage those more resources and gain even more than an, an advantage with NIL. There's another train of thought that this allows a school like maybe a Wisconsin, a Louisville, somebody who just can have a big booster to make up that difference. Does NIL help or hurt schools like Wisconsin? It depends on which school you are in regards to that booster. I mean, I can't remember how many times I've said this, but it's a ton. I'm on McLaughlin's show that does Oregon. I always make fun of him. I say, well, Oregon's got the greatest booster in the history of boosters. Phil Knight. I mean, they got the greatest everything. But at the end of the day, it's still hard for them to win because their in-state recruiting is garbage. There's just not enough players. So they always have to fight out of state recruiting every single guy. So anyway, I think it can help if you have the right ideas and it, it gets down to something I've been actually working on trying to figure this out. It's going to take a couple of years to complete it. You need to have some stats, but there's one train of thought from a coach. I know they hate, and I mean, hate the upfront NIL money. And to a certain degree, Saban doesn't like it either, but it's not like Alabama's a clean program either. It's, there's a fine line there. There are certain kids that ain't coming unless you're buying them. And they're usually the really elite defensive linemen that we were talking about earlier. Like those kids, a lot of times they don't come from the greatest backgrounds and they're trying to pay the mortgage is what it is. But as far as NIL, are you at least going to give them something up front? What do they get as freshmen? Is it going to be based on performance? Is it going to be based on that? How does it work? There's tier systems. I know there's a certain school has tiers after you're there. You don't make much up front, but if you do just a little bit, even as a freshman, you're making like 50 to 75 K a year. Just, you know, you played a little bit. And then if you do something, you're making hundreds of thousands. So it just depends on how you do it. Um, I know there's a, there's another school last year, not an NIL school, but a booster decided and they were involved with a kid and they weren't going to get him. Well, they did get him because they ponied up just for that player. So it, it's a round robin of all kinds of things that can happen, but it really does come down to, are you going to pay for some big name guys is probably the biggest thing that like was Wisconsin's never going to just go out and, and do the things that like Florida's collective has done. Suddenly they decided they were tired of losing kids to everybody. They just went out and just their NIL went nuts. That's why their class is where it's at right now. 
And it's from out of state kids, Mississippi, Texas, all over the place. They just decided they were they weren't going to have it anymore. Whether or not that works with chemistry, and that's why some guys don't like the NIL, is another discussion to itself. And there's just not enough feedback, in my opinion. Ask me in 26. Mm-hmm. We need to see. Uh, there's one school in College Station that hasn't gone so well, but um, that's just one school, though. I need I need more points. So I think that you can do it the way Wisconsin is, but you gotta you gotta spend probably more than they have. Especially again, I'll just use it as an example. If you want elite D linemen, going the free route's probably not going to get you there. There's no shortcut, is what you're saying. Not really. What about what about zooming out even a little bit more? Big Ten versus SEC from a big picture standpoint, because these are the two power conferences going forward. I think everybody kind of understands that with the Pac-12 schools coming into the Big Ten and Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC, is the philosophy different in the sec in general than the big 10 i mean that's to be honest it's really about culture um i try to explain this to people best i can but it's not the same until you do it and i know people on your show get mad about this because i use an example but it's the best defensive players in the country in particular live down here that's why they win it's not because of anything else, and those kids just like to stay close to home. Uh, that's the biggest difference. But above everything, they just got better players. But the NIL helps them because in today's era, more kids do leave than ever before by a long shot, especially Florida. This is the most transient state where I live. Only about 40% of the best players stay in state. Hmm. But Georgia and Alabama get a lot of those kids too. So it's ridiculous. But anyway, I think that there's some overlap, but it's primarily going to be Penn state. And like, like you're spending up front for key players at corner D line quarterback is still the, the bottom line to a certain degree, maybe a stud receiver or a left tackle. Again, you don't have to do it across the board, but I think the culture and everything it just, it means more to the people in the South to win in football than it does in the state of Wisconsin. Now people on this listen to show would disagree, but I'm telling you, you go walk into any small town in Mississippi South Carolina, anywhere. Football is just everywhere. It is 12 months a year, nonstop, and they put their mouth and their money together. Mm-hmm. The high school football stadiums, everything they do, the kids are just more prepared to take that step. There are college basic programs in like North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and then when the kids step up, that that's what it is. It's not the NIL. It's still just the talent and how prepared they are. The NIL is just the bonus. That's the cherry on top for the SEC schools. No, and I think, you know, in the South, and we'll kind of wrap up here, but you talk about a Mississippi, right, or an Arkansas or a Georgia, where an NFL team, even in, you know, the Falcons aren't more popular than the Bulldogs. Nope. Or in Not even close. You know, the Packers are the dominant football team in Wisconsin. That's unique because the Packers, you could make the argument are the most important team in NFL history. You could at least put that oh, argument out yeah. there. They're, they're top five to eight on anybody's – even a Bears fan would probably say that by and large, and that's probably makes them – my cousins in Chicago would probably throw things at me for saying that, but it, it's just true. There There's nothing that stops people from watching Georgia football, even when they weren't good 25 years. Like when they were terrible. They were 500 or whatever. You weren't stopping them from watching that game. They didn't care about the Falcons, if they were good, bad, or indifferent. What's going on with the Bulldogs? Mm-hmm. It's just different down here because it's all about family and culture, very tight knit. You kind of have to live it to understand it. 
And that's part of the reason that they'll cheat more down here. They take it more serious. They'll spend more. They'll donate more. They do not care. They have to win. They cannot stand it any other way. Uh, this is great insight. And like I said, we're going to keep diving into this because I think this is fascinating. It's fascinating for me. Um, he is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Brian, thank you as always. Really do appreciate it. I think next week, uh, Wisconsin was Buffalo this week, but I think next week you and I are going to talk a little Wisconsin-Washington State as well. I'm excited to get your take I'm on I'm very excited about that game. Those are the kinds of games that make college football special. Because, I mean, nothing against every NFL stadium. They're all great, but like the Palouse, well, you know, the Palouse yeah. is loose and all that. There's just so much culture. You know, like what, what does Wisconsin have in common with the state of Washington? Nothing. That's why it's cool. So it, it, it's yeah, a lot of fun. Right. I think both states like beer. That is true. That is yeah, true. you're right. Like you're hundred percent right. It's it's the uniqueness of going to a different fan, a different stadium, and in, interacting with a different fan base, and yes. you know the little things around campuses are all unique. It's you're hundred percent right on that. It's a blast, man. There's nothing like a college football road game. It's awesome. Yep. I love it. All right, he is Brian Smith. For everyone tuning in, thank you so much. A bunch of game content coming up this week on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later.